Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Hey, I, uh, I really don't know the state in which you have walked into church tonight. I can't know what burdens or stresses you're carrying, what pain you might be navigating tonight. There's no way I, am, I can know what is consuming your heart and your mind tonight. But I do know one thing, and that is that there is a God who loves you endlessly, and He is ready and waiting to speak directly to your heart, directly to your situation tonight. So can I just encourage you, come with me as we go look into the Word of God. Can I encourage you, choose to get something out of this experience. Choose to soften your heart, to open your mind. And let's just see what God wants to say to you tonight. Is that, is that okay? Great. All right, I have a question. for. Oh, you guys can, yeah, you, you can go. Thank you so much. I actually have a question for each of us to consider tonight. And that question is, what does your heart desire? What does your heart desire? King David wrote in Psalm 37, verses 3 and onwards, Trust in the Lord and do good, then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord and He will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord, trust Him and He will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. The part that we are going to focus on tonight is verse 4. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Let's just pray. Father God, thank you that you are here. We pray that you would reveal yourself to us tonight. Um, We pray that anyone away from you, Father God, would come near to you and that anyone near to you would know you even deeper. Amen. Amen. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Whatever your heart desires, surely you're already thinking there's no way that that could possibly be actually true, right? I mean, if, if my desire is to steal a car, does that mean that all I need to do is delight in God and then he's going to help me to do that? Or if I delight to, you know, bash someone up because they've done me wrong, that God's going to be all about that? Surely not, right? You know, we, we can know that those desires are unhealthy and they're going to harm people, which is not God's heart. So we can, we can know that that's not what the Bible is saying here. But what about other desires that aren't unhealthy or harmful, right? What if I desire to be an Instagram influencer? Is the scripture saying that if I delight in God, he'll make that happen? Or if I want my friend to get their dream job or to live on the beach, because who wouldn't? Does it mean that it's just going to come to pass, right? It's not, right? We, I'm sure that every single one of us, necessarily, every single one of us can think of numerous times we've wanted something and it's been a good thing, but it just hasn't happened for us, right? So does that mean that we're just not delighting in God enough and that if we did delight in Him more than everything that we want, that's a good thing we would get? And then what if you don't even know God? How do you get in on the delighting thing? How do you get in on that, right? But that's not what this scripture is saying either. What it is saying is that when we delight in the Lord, truly delight in who He is, then He will transform our heart's desires to become aligned with His heart's desires. So we'll start to want what He wants. 
He will transform our hearts to actually want Him more than anything else and above everything, right? And because God is a God who is always giving us more of Himself, when we truly delight in Him, then that means that the desires of our hearts will always be fulfilled. No matter what our lives look like, no matter what season we're walking through, no matter where we find ourselves, even in 2020, the desires of our hearts will be fulfilled. Church, did you know that God created your heart to desire Him? He created you so that He would be the one thing that would really fulfill you, the one thing to make you truly happy, the one thing to sustain your heart and your mind no matter what life looks like. When we have the things that we want and when everything is falling apart, we were made to be found in the love of God and therefore totally secure. And that, that's why he sent us Jesus, right? We, we are human, we are broken, we are bound to our own sin. But Jesus Christ, God himself, he came down to earth. He died on a cross so that we could be restored to a relationship with him. So that we could experience his salvation for the brokenness of our hearts and our souls. So our eternity could be secured in him. And so that we could experience him as the fulfillment of all our desires. You know, those song, the worship songs that you've heard and that we sing where it's like, Jesus, you're all that I want. We even sang it tonight. I can't remember exactly, but it was Jesus, you're all that I want. That can actually be the truth of our lives. It can actually be the truth. So there are desires, I'm sure you all know, that will help us and desires that will not help us. When I was six years old, I had a desire. The desire of my heart was to have a bicycle that was pink and purple. It was all I wanted. And I remember on my seventh birthday being so excited to unwrap this big box and I found the most beautiful bike that you ever did see. It was pink, it was purple, it had streamers coming outside of the handlebars, which was my favorite part. And that day, the desires of my heart were fulfilled. Anyway, recently when everybody was cycling everywhere um, in the name of physical activity to get out of the house, I decided that I would jump on that bandwagon. And so I borrowed George's bike actually for a few days, only to find that when I hopped on and tried to ride it, I couldn't quite. I know, please be kind to me, please be kind to me. And my sister Sammy and I, we were trying to figure out how could this possibly be the case because we remembered my pink and purple bike. We remembered me riding it around at the park until it finally occurred to Sammy, I never wanted to take off my training wheels. And I think eventually my poor dad must have just given up trying to make me because I was scared of everything. And so I never actually really learned how to ride a bike. (laughs) And in hindsight, my desire for a pink and purple bike got me nothing and took me nowhere and was actually completely pointless. A very unhelpful desire. On the, you know, desiring to actually be able to ride a bike might have been a helpful thing, which, by the way, you will be pleased to know I am doing. I'm in the process of learning that. My bike doesn't have streamers coming out of the handlebars, but neither does it have training wheels, so we're on the right track. We're on the right track. The point is, in contrast to my very pointless desire for a bike that I couldn't ride, Desiring Jesus is the most helpful and effective desire that we could ever have, right? It is the healthiest desire we could ever have. It is the safest desire we could ever have. It is the most rewarding and fulfilling desire that we could ever have. Because when we desire Jesus, when we desire Jesus, it means that we will follow him wherever he leads us and he will get us to exactly where we need to be. And when we desire Jesus, he will be able to give us every little thing that we need. 
Jesus is the gift that keeps on giving, right? He never stops giving us more of himself. And it starts when he saves our souls. That's a gift that you will have an opportunity to accept tonight. It's actually the whole reason why we're doing tonight. But even after that, he never stops giving us more of himself. The Bible calls him wonderful counselor, meaning he will lead you and guide you. It calls him mighty God, meaning he will strengthen and sustain you. It calls him everlasting father, meaning he will love you unconditionally. And it calls him prince of peace, meaning he will set your heart at rest. So we've established that when we delight in God, he's able to transform our hearts, to desire him above all else. And then the desires of our hearts will always be fulfilled as we continue to experience more and more of Jesus. It starts by accepting Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, choosing to follow him. But who knows, this isn't, a, this isn't a one-stop shop, right? We walk with Jesus for life. It's a journey. We get to do it with community. We call that church. It's a lifelong thing. And Paul wrote about it in Philippians. And he said, I once thought these things were valuable. This is Paul. He's talking about everything that he's ever achieved in his life. And he says, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already achieved perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. He sums up life pretty beautifully just there, right? So then as we continue to journey, how can we train our hearts to be delighted in God, to help them to be set to desire Him more than anything else? I have two points to help with that tonight. Is that okay? Great. Number one is practice the emptying of yourself to and the filling of yourself with Jesus. You know, our hearts and minds are very, very full. We think between 60 and 80,000 thoughts each day. We make 35,000 decisions each day. We consume 100,000 words worth of information each day. But then on top of that, most of us can relate to have some level of underlying stress or anxiety as we navigate life, right? We all have burdens, worries, insecurities that we carry. Our hearts and minds, they're very full. And this is often how we tend to approach Jesus, right? Stuffed to the absolute brim. And then we ask him to please lead our clogged lives, our weighted minds and hearts, right? Or we select our most pressing needs, the most consuming of our anxieties, and we beg him to just fix them so that we feel better. Does that sound familiar? It sounds familiar to me. But there's no delight in that, right? There's no delight in coming to Jesus heavy, weighted down, burdened, and rather than laying it at his feet, pretending it's not there and just saying, yes, Lord, show me your purposes and your plans for my life, right? Or coming to church and putting on the face and doing the thing. There's no delight in having all of the things of life swirling around our hearts and our minds, consuming us, and then when, when we get to breaking point, coming to Jesus and beg him to just fix it so we can get through, you know, the day. So what should we do instead then? Well, we come full because life is always going to make us full, and then we empty ourselves. 
King David, he's the one who wrote, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. He emptied himself to God often. He said in Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night you hear my voice, but I find no relief. He didn't pretend that he was fine and nor did he list all of his problems to God and implore him to fix them for him. He trusted that he could bring whatever it was that was going on inside of him and, and give it to God. It might, it might sound slightly different for you and I, maybe a bit more like, Jesus, where are you? Why can't I feel you? you know, why can't I hear you? Or I'm so stressed about work or school or both. Or I don't know what to do with this huge decision that I have to make. Why won't you just tell me? Or it feels like my relationships aren't working. I'm lonely. I don't know why you would let that awful thing happen to someone that I love. Or I've just stuffed up beyond repair and I don't know how to approach you anymore. You know, when we empty ourselves to Jesus, we are delighting in him because there is trust that he cares about what's going on inside of us. And there is trust that if we lay it out to him, he can actually do something inside of us. <clears throat> all right, so we're empty. We've cast all our cares, all of our burdens on Jesus. Then what do we do? We choose to be filled by him. David continually sought God and being filled by God. And we see this throughout the Psalms that he writes this pattern of as he cries out to God and God fills him, his cries, they turn into praises. We were just reading in Psalm 22 where David's emptying himself to God, sharing his pain. He goes on for verses and verses and then suddenly his tone changes and he says, I will praise you in the great assembly. I will fulfill my vows in the presence of those who worship you. The poor will eat and be satisfied. All who seek the Lord will praise him. Their hearts will rejoice with everlasting joy joy. Now, we don't know if anything had changed in David's circumstances from why don't you answer me when I groan for help to a few verses later, all who seek you will rejoice with everlasting joy. But what we do know is that as David emptied himself to God and sought him, the way that he thought, the way that he felt, and the way that he saw things changed, right? <laughs> And it's a continual practice, emptying, being filled up, pouring out, allowing him to replace. And the most helpful gift that we've been given to fill us up and to replace our stuff is God's word, right? It is full of the truth. It's full of who Jesus is. It's full of what he did for us and what he does for us. It's full of what he says and thinks about you and I. I said it before, but it calls him wonderful counselor, meaning he will lead you and guide you. Mighty God, meaning he will strengthen and sustain you. Everlasting father, meaning he loves you unconditionally. And prince of peace, meaning he will set your heart at rest. When we are filled up by Jesus, we're delighting in him. There is delight in trusting that his word is true. There is delight in choosing to read it and take it in. And there's delight in choosing to apply it and walk it out, right? If you don't know Jesus yet, choosing a relationship with him tonight will mean that there will always be someone to whom you can take your burdens and who will then lead you and guide you. You can trust that he's given you his word, the Bible, which is true for a roadmap for you to live your life. And that means that you will never be alone and you will never be directionless again. Yeah. All right. The second way to train our hearts to delight in God is to magnify Jesus. What does it mean to magnify Jesus? Well, if you think about what does a magnifying glass do, it simply makes the object of its focus bigger, right? Yeah, magnifying Jesus simply means making him bigger in your life. 
David made God bigger than everything in his life. He said in Psalm 63, verse 3, your unfailing love is better than life itself. Better than life itself. That includes everything about life. Magnifying Jesus means making him bigger in every experience. In the mundane, making him bigger. In the monumental, making him bigger. You know, when everything is wonderful, making him bigger. And then when you're lost and confused and hurting, making him bigger. There is delight in making Jesus bigger than the things that consume us. If you don't yet know Jesus, choosing a relationship with him tonight will mean that there is someone who is bigger than anything you or anyone else will ever experience who will forever be undergirding the whole of your life from this moment forward. How cool is that? It's so good. All right, so how do we train our hearts to delight in God? Number one, emptying ourselves to and filling ourselves with Jesus. And number two, magnifying Jesus. The band is uh, very welcome to join me if they would like to. We established early on tonight that God wants us to want him above all else. That's not because he's anti of us having the things that we want, the beachfront house, the dream job. He's not in the slightest. And it's not because he doesn't want to give us the answers as to how to solve our worries or fix our anxiousness or remove the insecurities that we have. He just knows that they're all symptoms of the root need of needing more of Jesus. And church, our God is not a band-aid God. He is a healer, right? He wants to heal our hearts and our minds in the most permanent way. We might want a quick fix, but he wants to do a deep, deep work. David found that as he walked with God, as he continually emptied himself, was filled, magnified God, that the things his heart desired began to change. Throughout his life, these are the things that he said about God. In Psalm 16, I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. It's huge. In Psalm 73, whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. My health may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. If I may just chat to the Christians for five seconds. So often we are looking to Jesus for things in our life, for direction, for clarity, for comfort, for help. And we make that the main thing. But that's not practicing delight, right? We should ask ourselves and we should ask ourselves often, are we seeking Jesus's face or just his hand? Because when we seek his face, we seek Jesus to know him, to be loved by him, to love him and to obey him, then we will find, then we will find that all of the other things that we need, that clarity, that direction, that comfort, that help is all found in who he is. Max Lucado said, what I have in God is greater than what I don't have in life. What I have in God is greater than what I don't have in life. You know, when you and I can say that, we can know that our hearts are delighted in God and we can know that the desires of our hearts will always be fulfilled. I'm, I'm finished. But church, let me just let you know, when Jesus is the fulfillment of our heart's desires, this is what life looks like, all right? You are saved from your own brokenness and sin. Your eternity is secure in Jesus. You are always loved because His is an everlasting love. You have daily purpose because He is your purpose. You always have access to peace because He is the Prince of Peace. You have the freedom to live your life boldly because your goal is just more of Jesus, right? 
You're growing in an unshakable confidence deep in your core, not because of anything that you are, but because of who Jesus is. And you're growing in a security that cannot be moved, not because of any choice that you've ever made, but because He chose you. You can always be content because Christ is your contentment. And you can know that you are being led and guided and protected every day and every step of your life. This is the life that Jesus invites us to. And He invites us to choose it and then choose Him again and again every single day for the rest of our lives. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member, and let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.